0: Welcome to the Success in Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata, author of The Successful Match, and I'm here with my partner and co-author, Dr. Samir Desai. And on today's episode, we wanted to talk about something that's very uh, urgent and that has affected all of us and really pretty much everybody in the world, which is the coronavirus pandemic. We are recording this in April of 2020. And... On today's episode, we specifically wanted to talk about how coronavirus is impacting U.S. medical students who are preparing for the residency match. And so, Samir, on today's episode, I really wanted to talk about this situation. And I know you and I have both been getting a lot of phone calls and emails from students who are preparing for the residency match and really wondering how this is going to impact them, how this is going to impact their match strategy what should they be doing right now because their away rotations have been canceled their own home clinical rotations have been canceled so what's the first thing that you would say to a medical student in this situation
1: what i would say to a medical student is that this is a very uncertain time we are dealing with an unprecedented situation and and that is causing a lot of worry a lot of stress a lot of anxiety and understandably so for students who are getting ready to apply in September for the residency match. And what I'm hearing from students all across the country is that my USMLE exam has been delayed and that my home rotation has been postponed. And in some cases, I'm hearing that all of the students away electives have been canceled and uh, that's causing uh, a lot of stress But what I want to remind students is that you're not alone in this whole thing. Every student across the country is experiencing these same challenges, and medical schools are working very, very hard to help their students through this process.
0: And I have to say, the first edition of the Successful Match came out in 2009. And so you and I have over a decade of looking at NRMP match results and data, and seeing sort of different impacts on this process. And this really is unprecedented, um, sort of how it's um, upended everything. But I think what you're saying is so important to really reassure students that they're not alone. And I think the second part of that really bears repeating, which is that your medical schools, your advisors, your deans are really there on your side and are really working hard to try to see what they can do to help you work through this. And so on today's episode, Dr. Desai and I had already talked about sort of what are the next action steps that we would advise a student to work on during this time period? Sort of what are the steps that students can take to to really um, prepare themselves for the residency match, whether that's this fall or whether that's next year. And our recommendations are really uh, really going to focus on four main areas. So the first is uh, we wanna talk about your clinical experiences, your clinical rotations, and what you need to do right now in regards to those experiences that have been canceled. The second area that we wanna focus on is match strategy. And specifically, without clinical rotations, you may not have the same letters of recommendation that you were perhaps anticipating. So we want to talk about your strategy regarding letters of recommendation. The third area that we would like to focus on is your areas of excellence. So without the opportunity to do the same clinical rotations and away rotations, you still have lots of opportunities to strengthen your application and to strengthen those certain areas of excellence uh, that are apparent in your application in your past, whether that relates to research or community service or leadership. There are other opportunities to highlight those areas in your application. And then finally, there are a few additional considerations that we think students need to be aware of. And so, Samir, I wanted to start with that first important topic, which is, if your clinical rotations have been canceled, what do you need to do right now?
1: I would tell students to be in close contact with their school and their advisor. And, Rajani, what I would tell you is that there are two main considerations. So, we have some students who are sure of what specialty that they are pursuing. And then we have some students who might not have confirmed their specialties choice, but may be thinking about several different options. For both groups, their plan would have been to start their fourth year with experiences, clinical experiences in these areas. And so now that they have been canceled, when they do resume, you want to be sure that you can be placed in those clinical experiences so that, number one, you can confirm your specialty interests that you're going to be pursuing this career, and then, number two, so that you can make yourself an attractive candidate for residency.
0: And so that's really important. And you say that you need to start with your home institution. You need to be in close contact with your department. What do you say to them?
1: what you want to say to your home institution is that, you know, this is the specialty that I want to go into. And I realize that rotations have been canceled. And uh, there may be other students that are also in the same position who want to be doing this rotation, either because it's one of their required rotations. But you want to get across to them that since this is what you're planning to do for your career, is there any way that there may be some priority given to people who are planning to pursue this as a career. Yeah,
0: that's a really important point because if your ophthalmology rotation was canceled, uh, you know, for your colleague, for your classmate, that might just be one of their required rotations, but it's critical for you to really get that experience in. So I think that's great advice to really be in touch with that department right now. Let's say that you had planned three, well, let's say that you would plan two away electives in ophthalmology and those have both been canceled. What would you recommend in terms of those away electives?
1: Well, the first thing I would say is to take a look at your specialty and ask yourself how much those away electives are valued in the residency selection process. So for some specialties, away electives Are very very important but for other specialties they may not carry much weight in the process and so that that's your first step so you may have wanted to do these away electives for different reasons but if one of your reasons was I really need to do this because that's what they expect that may or may not be true because of specialty differences
0: now let's say uh, and The way to discover how much it matters to a specialty really comes down to talking to your advisors, really researching that area. But let's say you're in an area, let's say dermatology, where it has been shown to be valuable to do away electives. But those away electives are not a possibility anymore. What would you recommend?
1: In that situation, what I would recommend is investigating the different rotation options that are available at your home institution. And by that, I mean your medical school and its affiliated hospitals. In most departments, there are multiple rotation experiences. And that may be what you need to do in lieu of the away electives that you had scheduled that are now canceled.
0: And I think that's great advice. I was clerkship director at the Baylor College of Medicine for our dermatology clerkship. And we certainly had a lot of students taking it as a required rotation. But within the dermatology department, we also offered multiple other rotations. So students would take pediatric dermatology or they might take dermatopathology And students are also offered the opportunity to craft their own dermatology electives. So we had students who arranged for a one month dermatology surgery experience. We also had students who approached faculty individually and arranged for dermatology research electives. So this is the time right now where if you have seen that your away electives have been canceled, that you really need to start crafting that plan of how you are going to obtain that valuable clinical experience. Um, And Samir, that moves us into our second main area, which is most specialties uh, are going to require specialty-specific letters of recommendation. And most students obtain those letters of recommendation via clinical rotations. So let's talk about how the lack of this planned clinical rotation experience is going to affect your strategy regarding letters of recommendation. So let's start with just letters of recommendation in general. If you are applying to, let's say, general surgery, how many letters of recommendation do you need from surgeons?
1: So again, there are differences in among the specialties regarding how many letters should be specialty specific. But if you're taking general surgery as an example, general surgery residency programs highly value letters written by surgeons. So in a, in a perfect world, you know, the more letters you have written by surgeons, you know, that would be to your advantage.
0: And how many letters typically would need to be, or would be expected to be from a general surgery attending?
1: So general surgery residency programs require either three or four letters of recommendation. And most programs will indicate that they need at least two or three letters written by surgeons. And so students who are interested in applying to general surgery are are thinking about how to secure that many letters in the field. And generally, that's through clinical experiences.
0: Now, um, I want to just touch upon one point and emphasize that, which is that programs vary in how many they require or suggest. And so it's really important to look at the programs that you're interested in Um, And you can look at their website, you can look at their materials to see how many letters of recommendation that are specialty specific that they are either requesting or requiring. Um, So you might find yourself um, reassured or you might recognize, you might realize that you really need to work on getting that additional specialty specific letter. So if you are not able to do let's say, three clinical rotations in general surgery, and that would be a typical entry to getting three letters of recommendation from general surgery attendings. What are some other suggestions that you have in terms of obtaining those letters of recommendation?
1: What you want to think about is how you can work with attendings in different ways. So, The ideal situation would be to work with them clinically because residency programs are looking for evidence of your clinical abilities and potential in these letters of recommendation. Now, we do expect that, you know, we will have rotations in the future, but we also should realize that they may be delayed. And if they are delayed, we should also ask ourselves, what the rotation will look like. So a lot of these rotations are not going to look the same this summer as they have in the past. So general surgery, for example, there may be fewer cases in the OR as, you know, hospitals have cut back on their elective procedures. And since the operating room is where you spend the most time with an attending physician, that may be something that is, is compromised in your surgery rotation. And so, Along with that, you have to think about how else can I get to know the surgeon or attending physician? And there are many ways to do that outside of clinical work.
0: And this probably is a good segue to our next point, which is areas of excellence. I really wanted to talk about how students can spend this one to two months That they now have that are not being spent in clinical rotations and one of the ways to really think about those extra time is how you can strengthen your application via areas such as research or community service or leadership and so let's continue with the point that you're making about how there are ways to work with attendings to allow them to see Uh, and to get to know your skills and your abilities and your qualities. And so if it's not via clinical rotations, perhaps it's via these other areas of excellence. And so let's talk about research first. What might that take the form of?
1: Well, what I would say to students is that there are opportunities to do research. And when you are taking part in these research experiences, you should really think about what you can do in the time that you have, and so you really want to try to think about shorter-term research projects, things that can be done fairly quickly. And there's a lot of those out there, from case reports to case reviews to retrospective, you know, chart studies to survey studies, and and those would be excellent ways to deepen a relationship with an attending.
0: And I have to say, I have students that I was working with in the fall, and they're now working very hard at finishing up one of our research projects that was done, um, so writing up the, uh, the results of that study. And I also have students with whom I'm working on, just as you mentioned, case reports and also literature reviews. Um, and we've also instituted an online research study right now that does not involve actual patients. And I know I have another student who is working with basic science, well, with animal research. And her lab is actually still open at this time. And so she is still able to continue her animal research. So some of that research might be something that you're continuing from an earlier time. Or as you mentioned, it might be something that you're reaching out to and attending right now and asking about those opportunities and really letting them know how interested and available you are to work on that at the current time. And I'd also say that it doesn't have to be necessarily short term. Um, this might be something that you start now, but that you are able to continue through to the fall or to the end of the year. And so I think there's still lots of opportunities that the students I've, um, I've spoken to Are really trying to make happen but I have to emphasize that point um, trying to make happen because in order to locate these opportunities it really does take a lot of initiative on your part so typically these kind of opportunities are not sent out on listservs they're not published anywhere this is really you doing a lot of the legwork just trying to trying to see if there's any opportunities and along those same lines, um, you know, talking about leadership, I know there are students who are involved, let's say, in, um, in dermatology interest groups who are reaching out to attendings to arrange online meetings where an attending can come speak to them. So um, that's another area where perhaps you would be able to um, both strengthen your application and get to speak to an attending and at the same time really help your organization achieve its mission in a better way Um, do you have any comments about that area in terms of community service that was another area that we had mentioned
1: yeah there are great opportunities to you know be involved in community service i know a lot of students have been doing some fantastic things in this area Uh, to this point. Now, some of those things may be difficult to follow through because of the coronavirus situation. But from this coronavirus situation, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard about how students are coming together to create new initiatives that are impacting uh, our patients, our community, uh, our healthcare professionals. And I think, you know, those are some uh, excellent thoughts on, on, you know, what can be done uh, at this time. And what I would encourage students to do is to ask themselves, you know, what are they passionate about? Uh, What have they been doing? And then try to follow that all the way through, because what you're doing is building important skills and qualities, and those skills and qualities are of value to residency programs. And the attendings with whom you're working on those things can certainly comment on all of that in your letter of recommendation.
0: I think that's such an important, really important point to highlight. And finally, Samir, do you have any other additional considerations uh, that you feel as though we need to highlight at this point for the medical students?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I'm hearing about from my colleagues and uh, from deans is that students are thinking about whether they should take a year off uh, because of the situation.
0: And it, obviously there's a lot of considerations with that, but what are your what are your thoughts when you hear a student ask you that?
1: Well, I think it's a situation that really needs to be individualized because every student is different. You know, we, we all w- walk along our own path and we have to ask ourselves, you know, is that something that uh, is a good move for me? And there's just a lot of variables that go into play there. We have some students that are extremely passionate about different areas. You know, They're very involved in research and they see themselves in the future with research being a big part of what they do. And they've been kicking around this idea of taking a year out to do research. And and this may then kind of, this whole situation may just kind of fit in well with that. So again, it really depends on the student situation.
0: Yeah, and to add to that, it's so important to have a trusted advisor with whom you can speak, um, whether that's a dean or whether that's a faculty advisor in your specialty of interest but this is one where you really need somebody with a lot of experience to help give you some guidance and really several advisors to make such an important decision. I would really recommend speaking to multiple advisors about your thoughts and considerations behind a decision like that. So I, um, I, I wanna say that this is such a challenging time for medical students across the country, but um, certainly Samara and I have spoken to a lot of students and we know our friends and colleagues who are faculty advisors and deans are really working hard and speaking to a lot of students, providing a lot of individualized advice. And so I'd really recommend that you seek out those advisors who are there to help you, who have a lot of experience, even if they don't have experience with this particular situation, can provide some guidance. We also will direct you to our websites that have information and certainly residency match um, Helpful um, advice and materials. And those websites are thesuccessfulmatch.com and md2bconnect.com. And we also, if you have not read our book, The Successful Match, there is a place on the homepage of our website where you can sign up to receive the first 100 pages of that book emailed to you for free. So that's available on thesuccessfulmatch.com. So again, this is Dr. Rajani Kata and Dr. Samir Desai on the Success in Medicine podcast, and we wish you all the best. Thanks.